Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 9 of Nebraska Soccer Talk. I'm your host, Joe Cleary. On today's episode, we have an interview with University of Nebraska women's coach Tim Walters, where we talk about the current season, the Mavs 2021 recruits, and being a part of the Omaha community. I also have a brief recruiting roundup, some Nebraska soccer news, and of course, scores and schedules from the Summit League, Big East, and Big Ten. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share the podcast. It grows every week, and we're really thankful for all the support and listenership that we do have. We're going to start this week's episode off with my interview with UNO women's coach, Tim Walters. I really enjoyed this interview. Coach Walters has been a big supporter of Nebraska Soccer Talk since we started this a couple months ago, and I am really glad we were able to get him on the show. And this week, I am welcoming welcoming on the University of Nebraska Omaha head coach, Tim Walters. Tim, how's it going? It's going great, Joe. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so we're going to get we're gonna just going to get right into it. You started off two, two and two on the season. Um, what are some of the things you have liked that you have seen from your squad so far? I mean, I've liked a lot of what I've seen so far. Obviously, it's been a, a condensed spring and we're, we're playing a lot of games in a, a quick succession. But I think in terms of being a, a young group, I think we've been really able to compete very, very quickly. Um, and really in, in terms of our intensity, I, I love the way our team plays intensity wise uh, and how hard they work uh, each and every game. There's a lot of aspects of soccer and uh, in terms of how you want to play and whatnot. But I've, I've been really pleased with with how my team's reacted to or how our team's reacted to the physicality and to the intensity of, of a summit league schedule to start without much of an exhibition uh, schedule and with a, you know, obviously a lot of young and new players. So it's been a really exciting start. Um, you know, the record is what the record is. There's some good wins on there. There's some good ties on there. There's some losses we're not happy about, but probably a fair place for us to be right now. Cool. Um, yeah. And like you said, you have a young team and, and that's a tough transition to go uh, into the college game, let alone a pretty phys- physical league, like the summit league. Um, so what are some areas of growth that you are going to be looking for from your young team through the rest of this spring, but also hopefully like springboarding a good spring onto a good fall? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the reality is that we have a group of players who we only have two seniors uh, and then we have, you know, a group of juniors, five or six juniors who are important players from us who, you know, do get an extra year of eligibility through the um, through the pandemic you know, we have an opportunity here to have a very consistent group for the next two, three, four years. Um, and again, talking about some of the players we're bringing in the fall. And I think if we can use this spring, not, you talk about it being a springboard for the fall and I want to be successful this, this spring, obviously, but we can get really cohesive here. I feel like in the next year or two um, in terms of having a lot of players that have been playing together, not only through UNO for the last, you know, six months and, and extending further back, but you know, also through the club scene in Omaha, I think there's a benefit to having players from similar clubs who have played together in club soccer um, and helping players get adjusted to playing together. It's, it's a little bit easier when you have, you know, a group of two or three players who have played together a lot and you're only incorporating one new player into that fold. Um, so I think that's something where if you look at us going in the next two or three years, I hope we can really have a consistent group of players and really start to see some of that 
uh, leadership and culture start to shine through um, through some young players who I think can be very, very good leaders. Yeah, and it's exciting. And we've talked in, you know, off of off camera and in text messages about what's coming up forward for you, which is really exciting it, to and to add into a team that's been exciting and, and has some real talent in it already. So that's that's really exciting for the current and future of University of Nebraska Omaha uh, soccer. So again, staying more on the youth side of things. Last November, you announced six new signings. Two of them are already with you in the squad right now. Um, can you tell me a little bit about uh, how Mo and uh, Mia are adapting yeah. into the team? Yeah, I'll start with with Mia because uh, Mia's playing this spring. Yep. Um, and Mia's played uh, three games so far. She's got two shutouts. She's done a very good job. Um, Mia was a late signing for us. We actually signed her this summer, but you know, with the season not, not happening this fall, we decided to bring her in the spring. She's done a great job coming from, from uh, a long ways away. Um, and, and I think the cool thing about Mia is that she's played a lot of professional soccer games. You know, a lot of these European players that, that we come over, she's played about 15 first division games in, in Denmark. And that's, that's pretty cool when you're talking about bringing experience in. And, you know, she's played against some U.S. national team players over there. And she's played against Champions League teams over there. And that's not something you get a lot uh, over in the state. So that, that's been pretty cool. And, and she's done a great job. She, you know, she trains like a professional uh, she works like professional and we have a really good goalkeeper competition going on uh, between her yeah. and, and Maddie Smith, which I think is, it's really good to have. I've always been a fan of having two good goalkeepers um, and, and we have four. So I'm really excited about that, but it's, it's been, they've done a good job. Mia has of, of coming in and making an impact right away. Um, and then Marissa Mo is Mo's awesome. I, I love having Mo around this semester. She's, she's great in training that she gives us someone very, very dangerous to maybe go against our starters uh, each and every day, you know, disappointing, you know, she played at K-State in the fall, so she couldn't play for us this spring, but we're really excited to add her in the fall. I think she gives us a different dimension um, in terms of her dribbling and her attacking out wide um, and getting in crosses and getting to the end line. So I wish she could play for us this, this spring, but she's a really exciting player and I'm really excited to have her back in Omaha. Um, again, I got to work with her a little bit in club soccer and she's a really good person. And we're really excited to have her here. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to, you know, I've got to watch, uh, watch Marissa play throughout her, her high school and club career. And then I got to work with her during an Elkhorn South high school camp and what a, what a, what a great young woman and a, and a really good player. And so I'm excited to watch her play college now in Omaha. So it's, it's awesome to have her back. Um, dynamic. I think she's going to give some, some fullback some trouble next year in the summer. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And so then off of that, we have two more Omaha individuals that are going to be joining you next fall. We have CC Barons and Sena Alavisi. I apologize to Sena if I'm pronouncing your last name terribly, but, um, and she's from Millard North. Um, how do you see CC and Sena fitting in to the team? Yeah. You know, I, I hope they can make a big impact right away. I'm a huge fan of both of them. Um, you know, Sena is someone I tar we targeted right away come when we got hired here in Omaha and we work really, really hard. And she's just a phenomenal person um, and a great soccer player too. Um, she works so hard on the field. She's got great quickness. Um, she's got a knack for goal too. She scored some big goals and some state finals for, yep. for Miller North. So I'm really excited about Sena. Um, I think she can do some good things and I think she's very, very versatile. So I hope she can come in in the fall and, and have a big impact for us because um, we've been waiting for a couple of years to have her here. So um, Cece's another one where I got to work with Cece a little bit in club soccer last year and she's just a really, really great person. I actually texted her this morning. Her, her basketball team lost in the, the state tournament this morning. So I know yeah, she's I saw that. But she's ready for soccer season to begin. <laughs> Um, but no, CC's just, she's just, she battles, she works so hard and she battles and she wins everything in the midfield and she's pretty good on the ball too. 
Um, so, you know, I think, I, I think she's going to come in and make a big impact too. And she's definitely physically ready to play at this level. You talk about two players who are physically ready, which you don't always get with, with freshmen. I think Sana and CC will be, uh, certainly ready to come compete in the seventh league next year. So the, the difficult part about CC is that we're going to have to figure out where we're going to play her. You know, I think that's my next, that was my next I, question. <laughs> I, I think, I think CC is a very, very good holding midfielder. I think if we play the right shape, we can play her in there. Uh, but I also think she's a great center back as well. Um, that said, we don't graduate any center backs this, this year. So I'm a guess she'll play in the midfield for us next year, but I think she'll be really important for us against, especially against some of the more physical teams in the conference. Yeah. And, and CCU is a player that I've you know also seen play for years and you could go to um, a high school game, especially high school where the, the talent is spread out a little bit more as opposed to club. And you could go to high school games and you walk right up and you're like, that that player like yeah. she she just like she just stands out with how she plays and how physical she is and how she dictates the game and then then Sena Sena the way I would describe Sena for me is having seen the players that you have recruited out of the Omaha area like she's a UNO player like like you know and like I mean that like a very positive way like someone who like fits the mold of the type of player and person that you are looking to bring in and who's going to have a positive impact on the program. Yeah, I think, I think she's quick. I think she's athletic. I think she presses really, really hard. And I think she can, she can create goals for us, whether we decide to play Saint at fullback or play her out wide. I, I think she can do all those things. And, and then, yeah, CC, one of the things I love about CC on the other end of it is CC's a gym rat. She loves to play sports. She loves to be in the gym. And, you know, there's some coaches that don't love players who play basketball and whatnot. And I love it. I, I, I like to recruit players that play basketball. And I, I love players that are used to physically battling in the paint. Like that's something you don't get consistently in soccer. Um, and that's something that I, I really, really like. So we, we bring in a lot of players actually who play some basketball as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's a big benefit for me. Yeah, and, the, and, the, and there's crossover in the sports too. And, it, and it's good. It, and it keeps them active as well in cross training and everything like that. So who are the other two individuals that you're bringing in? Can you talk about those two? I know you have a Colorado, an individual Jeez, from got, Colorado. I got game. We got games Friday, Sunday, every week, 2021 class. Who am I? Who are we bringing in? Kayla's coming in from Colorado. <laughs> uh, I, I, Kay, Kayla has actually moved to Phoenix. Okay. Uh, okay. Since then, but her, her last club was in Colorado. Kayla's an interesting story. Uh, coach, coach Kelly Farrell actually found her on Instagram about uh, a year ago. And was oh, like, okay. Hey, just randomly like a friend, a high school coach, friend, like recommender. Hey, all she has is some Instagram videos. She really doesn't play club soccer that much. It was kind of a strange story. And uh, Kelly got her uh, to come out to our ID camp uh, last year, right before the pandemic. And Kayla's incredible. Absolutely incredible. She's she's a player who, who's been trained a lot in her home and played a lot of futsal and those type of things. And maybe is just now getting used. Uh, she joined an ECNL team in Phoenix this year. Uh, to some more of a structured environment, but on the ball when uh, when we see her, she's incredible. She's left-footed, she's silky, she kills the ball, uh, very, very skillful. Just a player that maybe isn't developed in America much anymore. Uh, well, mm. maybe for that, forever for that for that uh, yeah. realm. So um, credit to Coach Farrell for, for bringing her in. Um, she's going to do a good job for us. She's a player who may take a little bit for her to adjust physically to to the demands of the Summit League, but uh, she's going to do a really, really good job for us. And then uh, the other one is actually Coach Farrell's relationship as well down in, um, geez, Houston. Houston, yep. uh, Reagan Bourgeois coming in. And it's the same club that we have a player right now, Katie Gould from um, okay. fullback for us. Um, they're great coaches down there and they do a really good job. Uh, Reagan is a central midfielder as well, who's, who's talented on the ball. She's a leader. Uh, she strikes a good ball, but but she's more of a field general and that she likes to dictate the pace of the game. Um, she's going to have to get a little bit quicker, a little bit more um, 
head on the swivel a little bit more, Mm -hmm. but she's a very talented player uh, on the ball, her and Kayla both, who are maybe not quite uh, the athlete that sometimes we bring in, but definitely players who can come in and make an impact for us. Awesome. And so shifting back to this, this, uh, this season, you have a couple weeks left of regular season games, about a month left of regular season games. So it's going to like, it's going to be like really quick, but also a grind. Um, and this, so this interview will air on the Saturday in between your USD games. God, I hope we're coming Um, off the win. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, what, what do you think, like what's one thing that your team is going to have to do if you want to finish in the top four of the summit league after like through these next four weeks, what's something that either they've all they're already doing or something that you have to do a little bit better if you want to finish top four in in the summit league. I think we do a lot of things really well. I think, I think we need to be a little bit um, today. We talked about being uh, relentless in how we play, but not reckless at times. Um, I think one of our, our issues is that we want to win so bad. And that's a good problem to have. Um, we have a lot of players who, who want to win the ball back for their team all the time. And maybe it's not always the time to do it. And it leaves us exposed. But you're talking about players like Reagan Zimmers and, and Grace Ostergaard. And, and we have uh, an international uh, from, from Norway, Emily Erland, who play in the midfield, who are just so good at retrieving the ball back for us. And you talk about fullbacks as well. Grace Steedy, who we talked about, so athletic, so quick so good at winning the ball back for us, but we have to make sure that maybe we're doing it always at the right time. Um, And then, yeah, controlling the ball a little bit better after we win the ball back is something we're trying to get, to get better at. But I I think we do a very good job of counter pressing. I think, you know, if you see us play, uh, we we try to keep teams pinned in for as long as possible and retain possession. Uh, It's going to leave you exposed at times. So we're going to have goalkeepers that, you know, need to make one or two big saves a game, but I've enjoyed it so far. You know, it's a grind though. So one of the, one of the big challenges we're going to have is we talk about how hard the team likes to work and press. We, our bye weeks last, we don't get a break in the middle. of the <laughs> So we're doing this Friday, Sunday. Like, I mean, I don't know what day it is half the time anymore. We're only three weeks in, but we got five more weeks of it. Friday, Sunday, Friday, Sunday, Friday, Sunday. It's, it's a grind and physically being able to cope with doing this for five more weeks is going to be a challenge, especially when other teams are getting a mental break for a week. Um, we'd love to have a mental break for the week. Hopefully it's preparing for the conference tournament. We have that. Right. Um, and then mentally it's so tough too, cause it's so different of having to play the same team in oh, the same yeah. weekend. Like it's so, that's such a, a you know, cause in the Northern sun, we played Friday, Sunday as well. And you, you've played, you mm-hmm. know, games like that, very similar to the same schedule, same type of schedule, but you played two different teams and it's like very, it's yeah, very it's mentally very emo- hard. It's very emotional. Yeah, a lot yeah. of fresh memories from Friday. And when you add in emotions to tired legs, mistakes happen. Yep. yep. So, you know, you're late because, you know, you're tired. So you didn't get there when you tried to press and then they're out and then it's a problem. So those are things and you got to have good depth. You know, we got to try to use our depth each and every day. And, you know, whether that's on Friday's game, getting, getting more rotation or, or starting new players on Sunday. I mean, it's an, it's an interesting spring. You know, it's... I'd love to say I'm prepared for this and I'm trying to do <laughs> Um, but you, you, we will never do this again. We'll never play, you know, South yeah. Dakota at South Dakota Friday, Sunday. We'll never do that again. No. Um, so you're preparing for it for a one-off, but we, we want to win. We want to win every game. When we go up to North Dakota state last weekend, you know, we, we dropped two games, but it wasn't because we went there and we sat back. It's because we went there and, and we took chances and we tried to score goals and we tried to get forward. So I think that'll be important for us going forward here. Well, I love that there's still the summit league still providing you with a meaningful spring season with giving you a tournament at the end. Like there's still going to be a champion, which is great. Like I, I think that that's so necessary given what these student athletes have gone through. Um, so big it's going to be exciting. Big credit to the summit league. They basically came in and, and they asked us what we wanted. 
and they asked mm -hmm. the, the women's coaches what we wanted and they separately did with the men's coaches and they allowed us to go back as a group and say, here's what we think will be best for these student athletes. Um, and we wanted them to have a meaningful season because not every, you know, not every senior is coming back for next fall, right. um, a different program. So it was important to us to have a meaningful season and, and the Summit League followed through in a, in a big way, making sure that we did yeah, that. That's, that's awesome. That, that, that goes to show that like women's soccer in the conference is actually heard and matters even in the small ways. So switching gears just a tiny bit more towards you, what is it like sharing a coaching hallway with your former head coach, Bob Warming? uh pre-pandemic it was different yeah. uh post-pandemic we just see each other at practice mostly now because we practice right. back to back you know um people aren't necessarily lingering in the office much but it's it's cool it's so cool uh, you know in terms of just memories you know i came back the other day i don't know if i still have it here hold on let me see if i still have this i know this is a podcast no one else can see <laughs> i can explain it to everyone uh, here i'll explain it to everyone he dropped this in my office a couple of weeks ago so oh look at that this is me and that that's my buddy thomas he played uh he's from norway as well ironically yeah um and that's us that's... as uh juniors in college playing against the and... national team before they yep. went to the olympics that's freddie adu that's freddie adu yes that's yeah, it's, say. it's cool to go down memory lane obviously all the time with them but but other things as well being able to go down his office and say hey what do you think about this and what do you think about that not necessarily soccer things you know he's one of my mentors in soccer so there's already a lot of things that i probably agree with him on but in terms of leading a program. I mean, not a lot of people know more about leading a program than, than him and being able to text him, call him, walk down the hallway anytime um, is really, really, really important to me. Um, and it's been awesome. And I've always had that luxury. You know, when I first got hired, I could walk right down the hallway and Jay was there and that was right. awesome. Yep. Um, and I still, you know, I'm called Jay most days to ask him questions. So it's really, really important to have those people in your lives. And Bob's awesome. He takes good care of me. So. He, and he is, I, I've only crossed paths with uh coach warming a couple times but he's been he's been awesome to me a couple a couple times and i don't have the history like you do with him it's just just knowing him through soccer well so he's probably never yelled at you like he's yelled at me either so. <laughs> <laughs> well someone someone told me oh as i was talking to coach erickson um during the creighton uno game i was what we were watching yeah. on a live stream and he goes yeah uh johnny this is the only day that johnny doesn't like bob is when they have to play against each uh, other. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's an, it's an awkward thing. I'm glad that I don't have any of those relationships yet where you're coaching against – I mean, that's no fun. Coaching against someone in a meaningful game who's so close to you. Yeah. Uh, somebody's got to lose, and that can't be fun. But uh, Yeah, especially no, in sure. that game because it's the, the, Omaha, the Omaha rivalry. Yeah, right? We were all in the hotel watching it. I was disappointed that I couldn't be here for it, but uh, it looked like they had a fun time making yeah. it on Saturday. Yeah. Or, uh, Saturday yeah. yeah, and so you've spent a lot of time in Omaha – um, you played for Creighton for three years, um, spent, uh, and, uh, and then spent a little bit of time as a student assistant coach, went away for a very brief time, then came back and was a, an assistant coach on the men's side at UNO. And then now you're the head coach on the women's side. Um, so just a lot of time in Omaha. So what, what draws you to Omaha? Like what, what do you like so much about Omaha? Cause it's not your hometown. No, it's it's not. But I I think the people here are most important. That sounds cliche, but the people here are just are good people. You know, I, every every place has has good people and bad people. The people here are generally good people, and I really really enjoy them. You know, I, I grew up in St. Louis, and and I like St. Louis people. I, I try to recruit St. Louisans as well. Um, but it's just a little bit smaller St. Louis, where it doesn't take forty five minutes to get everywhere. And I think in general you know people are a little bit maybe a little bit kinder up here so I, I like Omaha I like the people up here they've always treated me well and made this home and you know I don't 
people forget i forget i'm from st louis all the time to be honest so um i, I love it here uh, you know i don't i don't anticipate uh, not being in omaha here um with my wife and her family and up and i'm really blessed to, to be where i'm at obviously and and i've been you know i, I don't want to say i haven't been lucky through the process you know I, I like to think i've worked hard but i've certainly been been lucky that things have opened up for me at certain points in time of my life um you know when i got done playing at Creighton, I transferred in after a year at Kentucky. When I got done playing, you know, Bob wrapped his hand around my shoulder and said, you know, don't go try to play in the fifth division in Italy. You know, let's coach. Um, you're a limited soccer player. Uh, you're five foot five and slow. Uh, you should be a coach. Good advice. And my dad was a coach. Yeah, great advice. And my and my dad was a coach and, and, and whatnot. So it made a lot of sense to me to hop into that. And Bob, Coach Warming offered me a spot to come be his, his graduate assistant for the years as I was taking some credits and to get to do that and to spend the year with Coach Warming and with Jason Mims was an assistant and Johnny Torres was the assistant. I mean, <laughs> what, a, what a staff. <laughs> what a staff. It was incredible. I, I traveled everywhere with them. It was absolutely incredible. And, you know, at the same time, it's an audition, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Johnny and Jay, you know, are, are, had been assistant coaches for 10 years at that point. And, and I, you know, I knew that it was an addition that to work hard and, and hopefully you know, follow them through the process in, in some way or form. So um, J- Jason helped me get a job in, in Florida at Rollins College. Um, we went to a Division II national final there my one year. It was a lot of fun. Orlando's yeah. a nice place. Uh, <laughs> Rollins is a really nice place. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, my actually one story about that is because it's in the news, and I hope he's – obviously hope Tiger's doing much better. Tiger Woods' ex-wife was at Rollins at the time. It was big news. She took classes there. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> yeah, Rollins, Rollins is a nice place. So – but then, yeah, I came back and uh, and Jason offered me the job on the men's side and it was you know, in Omaha and it, it's the easiest yes I've ever said, um, to be fair. And, and that was wonderful to, to get back into Omaha, to get back where I want to be with obviously such a good coach. You know, uh, Jay, Jay's a fantastic coach. You know, everywhere he goes, he's successful. And, and you guys had an awesome you guys had an awesome run. I mean, obviously, Bob's continuing that at, on the men's side, but like it was fun. Obviously, I knew Jacob Weiler, so I got to see the program grow through four or five years. And that was just yeah, a, three, a fun four, growth. Yeah, we had three pretty darn good years there in a row where we were onto something special. And, you know, yeah. I was sad. The saddest, one of the hardest things for me was leaving that team before I knew we were about to have a really good yep. year. Um, it was an opportunity I couldn't pass up. And I, I love what I'm doing now. And I wouldn't change it for the world. But, you know, watching that happen, and, and I was so happy for them. I was actually at the ECNL event in Phoenix watching uh, our associate AD, Brent Myers, had it on FaceTime for me watching the PKs. And I'm just <laughs> on the sideline, head in my hands. People are like, what's this guy doing over here? Um, watching them, watching Jacob. And, Jacob, who I know you're close with. Uh, Jacob, yeah. No, a man made the last PK and, yeah. and going to the LA tournament. It was so cool to see. And and to see that, and we want to replicate that, you know, you know, I've been, we've been through it on the, the men's side. We started where we went one eleven and one our first year, and we were so bad, so bad when we, we took that team and we got hired and made a started division one soccer program. It was hard. We've, we've come from the very <laughs> yeah. bottom to build that up. And, you know, we, we volunteered to, to do it all again on the women's side. And this is where, this is where we want to be. You know, I love doing this and I love the group I'm with. And I have a really, really good assistant coach and coach Kelly Farrell. Um, who yeah, does Kelly's our, excellent. Yeah, our associate head coach actually, and she's fantastic. So um, we're in a really, really good spot, and I'm really, really blessed to be here. But you know, it, it really helps that we talk about Omaha. It's a really good recruiting place with a lot of good people and good players. So it yep. doesn't really, it, it doesn't hurt to be here. All right. So last question, I'm going to put you on the spot, um, and okay. I've asked a couple people this: um, What's your favorite place to eat in Omaha? But specifically, what's your favorite place to get pizza from? Because Again, I've mentioned this a couple of times. I put out a tweet one time of my favorite pizza places that I had tried at the moment in Omaha. And okay. I don't think 
I've been attacked as much on social media ever in my life of what do you say? I don't even, I think I ranked, uh, I think I ranked pitch fairly high and I ranked, I like Davlos. Davlos is like my, like probably my favorite, favorite, their deep dish out West. Um, okay. I, so I gotta be honest, I'm not a foodie in any way or form. No, that's okay. So, that's okay. But I'm going to, you know, I, I do like pizza. It is, it is very good. My favorite pizza is not from Omaha. So I'm going to tell you that first, because it is one of my very few St. Louis things. <laughs> uh, and, and Margaret Levine, our center back from St. Louis will agree with me um, is Emo's pizza. Emo's pizza is the best pizza in the world. Don't tell me any differently. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, let's okay. go back to Omaha. Let's go back to Omaha. Okay. God, I don't know. You know what I've had that was good? I, I haven't ate out, obviously, a lot lately. Yeah. Um, I had Dante's. I think it's Dante's Pizza in okay. Blackstone. Okay. And it was pretty darn good. I'm a big uh, – uh, I, I went to Italy like four years ago. Now the only pizza I eat is Caprese. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And they have a very, very good one there. I went with one of my uh, one of our SIDs, uh, Bonnie Ryan. So it was uh, – it's a good place. Okay. I had okay. that. I'll have, to check, that. I'll have to check it out. No, because uh, my girlfriend and I were doing this thing for a while because, again, we weren't – we weren't going out to eat a lot. So we tried to order like a new pizza place every, every week. And so I made this list and I just got hammered for it. So really, I also had cops about a couple, maybe a I like, ago. I love cops on in Papillion was pretty yeah. good pizza. Pretty cops good. is good. Uh, Lighthouse have, is good. So yeah, Lighthouse is all right. Kelly gets the, the Thai chicken pizza from there yeah, uh, somewhat regularly. So, um, so yeah, pretty, pretty good stuff there. You right, gotta get, well, you know, at some point, at some point have Kelly Farrell on this at some point and, talk to her about some food okay she will be the person oh yeah I, I have to have kelly on because like i've gotten to know kelly just from you know obviously coaching up at wayne and then coming down through recruiting events and all that stuff and so like i need to get her on this and and yeah when we're on the road recruiting, she picks where we eat because she's going to make the best choice for us so <laughs> oh, and she has, uh, definitely diversified my selection of food so <laughs> I, I do appreciate that for her. that's good to know all right. Well, I'm going to let you go so you can get back to your family and get back to preparing for University of South Dakota this weekend. Um, thank you for taking some time to come out on uh, the Nebraska Soccer Talk podcast and appreciate you communicating with me so I can, uh, you know, rep the team on the on the podcast no, and on the website. Joe, we appreciate what you're doing. You know, I, I follow everything you're doing in the podcast and, and I think it's great for Nebraska soccer and we, we, we appreciate it. It's awesome. So thank you, Joe. Awesome. Well, uh, you have a good night and good luck this weekend. The interview with Coach Walters is a perfect segue into this week's scores and schedules update. Coach Walters said he had hoped his interview would air with him coming off a win and he got his wish. In a defensive battle, the UNO Mavericks came away with a 1-0 win in overtime, courtesy of a goal from sophomore Grace Thede. Thede, from Omaha, Nebraska, typically plays outside back for the Mavericks, but was deployed as a forward in overtime. Thede is no stranger to the attack, having played there in her youth career. Her pace can add a spark in a defensive game, and it certainly did just that on Friday's game. The goal for Thede was the first of her Maverick career and will help get the Mavs on track after they dropped both games on the road last weekend versus North Dakota State University. South Dakota State downed UMKC 4-0, and Elkhorn South graduate Reagan Anderson notched her first collegiate point with an assist. NDSU fell 1-0 to Denver with Nebraska native Aaliyah Owens coming off the bench this time. She has been regularly starting. In the other Summit League contest, UND downed Western Illinois 2-0. All eight Summit League teams are back in action this Sunday. 
moving down the road to Lincoln, where the Huskers hosted Purdue in their home opener. The Huskers also got themselves in the win column with a 2-1 win, courtesy of two Eleanor Dale goals. Freshman Reagan Robbie, Millard West grad and Nebraska Soccer Talk guest, added the assist on the first goal. It was an excellent dribble and cross sequence, and I encourage everyone to take a look at the highlight on Nebraska Soccer's Twitter. Nebraska is back in action on Sunday versus Michigan. We head back to Omaha, where Creighton opens their season on Sunday versus Xavier after having Thursday's game versus Marquette postponed to due to COVID protocols within the Golden Eagle team. Over to the men's side, the UNO men's team ran out 1-0 winners over Western Illinois, thanks to a good defensive effort and a cheeky finish by senior Nil Ayats. UNO men's team is competing against Western Illinois again today at the time of this recording. Also at the time of recording, Creighton is playing host to Xavier, and they are up 1-0 at halftime. That was this week's scores and schedules update. As we move forward, we're going to be including Division II, Division III, NAI, and junior college teams in this, so please stay tuned for that. This week's recruiting roundup is brought to you by Sports Recruiting USA. Sports Recruiting USA is the world's leading U.S. college soccer recruiting experts. For more information and the opportunity for a film evaluation and recruiting advice, connect with SRUSA on social media or visit www.sportsrecruitingusa.com. Anthony Acosta, the senior midfield captain from Grand Island High School, has committed to NAIA and GPAC team Dakota Wesleyan University. Dakota Wesleyan, located in Mitchell, South Dakota, is the eighth seed in next month's GPAC tournament. Spencer Kaufman, senior midfielder from Westside High School in Sporting Omaha FC, signs with NAIA and GPAC side Concordia University. Concordia, who possesses 10 straight seasons of winning records, is the number five seed in next month's GPAC tournament. And that was this week's Recruiting Roundup. This week in Nebraska soccer news, we have a mix of college, club, and professional news. On the college side of things, Hugo Kamatani of UNO Men's Soccer earned Summit League Offensive Player of the Week honors for his performance in the Mavs 3-0 win over Creighton University. Kamatani, the junior college transfer from Pima College, scored the game's second and third goals for the Mavericks. On the club side of things, Luke Baxter returns to Omaha as the girls' assistant director at Sporting Omaha FC. Luke is a former Bellevue University player and graduate who has coached collegiately for both Bellevue and Creighton, as well as in local Omaha high schools and clubs. Most recently, Luke was at the Real Salt Lake Academy after spending some time with the club Arsenal out of Colorado. Luke is a great coach in person, and it is good for the soccer community to have him back in Omaha. Hopefully we can have him join us on the podcast sometime soon. Finally, on the professional side of things, former Creighton women's player Taryn Jakubowski has signed a one-year deal with Finnish professional side Kopian Palasura. Jakubowski had a highly decorated career at Creighton. She was named to the All-Big East freshman team in 2016 and was named All-Conference Big East first team in 2018 and 2019. In her career, Jakubowski scored 17 goals and notched 11 assists. She played in an impressive 6,163 minutes in her career. Taryn joins former Blue Jay teammate Jalen Bosick at Palasura. Bosick signed her contract back in November. They are the first two players from Coach Ross Pauly's tenure to make the step into the professional ranks. We look forward to following both Jalen and Taryn's progress as they try to help their club improve on last season's third place finish. And with that, we can transfer into our final segment, Nebraskans in the Pros. A month ago, Gretna Elite Academy alumni Paige Nielsen and Maddie Nolth were named to NWSL preseason rosters. Nielsen, who played for and captained women's soccer powerhouse North Carolina, joins the Washington Spirit. Nolf, who played for both 
Penn State, and the USA U-20s joins Kansas City. The Nebraska Huskers have several current professional players in their alumni. Sidney Miramontes and J.C. Johnson join Nolf and KC. Sinclair Miramontes was drafted last year by the North Carolina Courage, where Ari Romero previously competed. Haley Hansen was drafted two years ago by the Houston Dash and remains there now. Finally, this week, former Husker Breno Ochoa competed in the European Champions League for Fortuna Yoring. If I missed any players, be sure to let me know. Hopefully in the future, I'll be doing a rundown of all the men's and women's players with Nebraska ties playing professionally. My hope is to continue to keep tabs on these players as they compete in their respective seasons, and who knows, maybe they will be future guests on the show. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Nebraska Soccer Talk. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Next week's episode will be a little bit different and a little bit shorter. We won't have an interview, um, and we will have less segments because I have some family things to take care of. So the episode will come out earlier in the week and won't have as much information, but we do want to keep presenting episodes each week. So you will get something. It just won't be the traditional setup that you've been used to over the last couple of weeks. So thank you again for listening, and we will see you here next week.